Hey, oh, today we are breaking down what I called a very long time ago, I'm just going to say, and it's starting to happen more and more. And this really will impact how we do business moving forward. So um, just breaking down a little bit of AI and how it is changing the marketplace rapidly. And it already has. So it's not like, oh, wow, this is really crazy. It's just now starting to get into mass public hands. But the second that it does and people get good at it, you will see the rise of a lot of people who just get good with words <laughs> and can arm AI better than most. Not that they are the best, right? And so it'll be interesting, but it was definitely something that I talked about a very, very long time ago about how algorithmically people are going to be kind of at the mercy of these things and that it will be hard to tell what's legit and what is not because of how easy it is to fake and look like the real thing and you won't know until you get it. And you probably are going to be in trouble by the time that you do, even if you get out ahead of it. Like, hey, I'm going to order this three weeks ahead because it takes two weeks to get things now. Um, yeah, you won't know, but you will, um, you will once you get it. And by then it'll probably be too late. So that is what we're talking about today. It is something that I have enjoyed talking about over the time. And now it's just all becoming more real. Thus the need for, local marketplace and physical product selling again. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because this is the truth of all the work that the death of a dream becomes and rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons. We've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment and building. We have found a foundation and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you.
Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And we're going to start with our greatness grounding. So, my great thing is I don't know. I've honestly just been itching like crazy for probably three days. And um, it's crazy. It's madness. So if you hear some itching and scratching, it is not um, some background noise. It's me. I'm so scratchy. Uh, and it seemed like allergies but my allergy medicine is not touching it. I don't know. The only thing that I can remember feeling like this um, was when I was pregnant with both girls. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. When I was pregnant with both girls at about 30 weeks, my the palms, my palms and the bottom of my feet were like itchy. And everybody would just say, oh, yeah, you're swollen, boo, 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 get over it. And I'm like, no, this is like, this keeps me up at night. Like, this wakes me up at night. You have no idea the discomfort. And yeah, for a while I listened. And then finally with my firstborn, I called the doctor's office and asked if it was safe to take Benadryl as late as I was in pregnancy because I was at about 34 weeks at that point. And they were like, uh, no, or I think they actually said yes. And then they said, but we need to do some blood work because that's concerning, right? So <laughs> I I went in, did blood work on a Friday, maybe. And then they were calling me on Monday and they're like, you need to come into the office right now. So then I called my husband kind of crying and I'm like, I don't know what this means. Cause you know, pregnancy and hormones and all the things, but I'm like, but if it is what I think it is, um, better get ready to have this baby. And I'm sure that's a phone call that has been made to a billion and one expecting fathers over the course of almost every first pregnancy ever. So it's not like, you know, I think we all just kind of went, eh, okay, you're being dramatic, but go ahead, go in. And I'm of super trauma. So this isn't a new thing for anyone who knows me. So it was just kind of like, okay, of course, Hannah thinks that she's going to have this baby a whole month early. Of course she is. And yeah, the doctor walks in. She's like, you're going to have your baby today. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not having my baby for four more weeks. And she's like, nope. Yep, you are. So what? You ready to go? We'll just take you right up there. And I'm like, um, why didn't you just say, why didn't you say that on the phone? I could have came ready. She's like, well, actually, let me go back and look at your labs and I'll be right back. I'm like, start crying. What's happening? Holy, because she didn't say anything. Hey, this is what's going on. She was just like, you're going to have your baby today. I was like, oh, um, okay. Because my hands and feet itch, that seems kind of extreme and terribly unrelated. Like, those are very far away from this little babe that's in my womb right now. Let's chill. So then she goes back, checks my labs, comes back in. 
yeah, no, you can go home, get your stuff, but you got like an hour, right? It's like, I don't know, like I imagine before you go to jail or something, but you're, I don't, never mind. That was dumb. Um, right. You got an hour, go home, get your stuff. So I'm calling my husband crying. I'm like, I guess the baby's coming today. Don't know what that means, but you should probably get home. We got like an hour. We can go collect our stuff. And then they're admitting us. And so he's like, okay, well, we had like a whole nother, we had a whole nother month. Like nothing is set up. I don't, this, uh, I don't know. Uh, are you, are you sure? Are you sure? Is this, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm not even being dramatic. That's what they just told me. Can I get a camcorder that I don't know how we're going to record at this point, right? Phones had video and camera, but like you didn't record stuff on it. Certainly not. And it's crazy how much that has developed in the last 10 years. Like, gosh, I was looking at new phones because I wanted to get a a minimalist phone. So that I had like a work phone that gave me extended options while I'm there so I can like stay up on everything. But when I come home, I can be completely removed because there's no reason for me to be checking and doing all of that work um, from home. But (laughs) as I was looking at that, I'm like, my husband said, well, you should get a camera. And I'm like, I would never, ever take a camera around with me. I could take this phone. I would just probably put it on do not disturb and use my phone for everything. But no, my phone takes better pictures than anything that I can buy. And it fits conveniently in a fanny pack or my pocket if I had pockets, right? So like, I'm not, no, I would always have the phone. I don't want all of the extended features, the distracting features of the phone with me, but I want the camera for sure. That is why I love my phone the most. I can capture everything. Everything. Anyways, um, so my great thing is not that I'm itchy, but I am rather confused as to what's happening. But yeah, we come home, we go to the hospital, they finally explain what's going on that I have a a liver condition that um, when not diagnosed can produce stillborn babies. And so as soon as the baby is ready enough to come out, which apparently at 36 weeks, it's ready enough, um, they just get the baby out. And um, so yeah, that was... (laughs) That happened with both of my pregnancies. The first one, we had no idea what was going on. Everyone just said like, yeah, look how freaking swollen you are. Of course you're itchy. Um, And so it was just kind of this funny thing. And then I finally call at like 35 weeks. Like I'm not even sleeping. I don't know what's going on. They have me do blood work with my second one. I started to get itchy at about 30 weeks. And so they just set the induction as soon as we got to 36 weeks and without even diagnostic testing, they were just like, we're we aren't risking it. We would never risk it with someone who's had this condition before presenting with similar, um, symptoms. So I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I, um, thought it was allergies, but it seems to be getting worse and not better with, um, any 
any allergy medicine. So I'm going to have to call and just see if I am somehow 36 weeks pregnant again and having cholestasis <laughs> or this like phantom cholestasis. I don't know. Uh, but it is itchy like a mofo. I can't. Anyways, that isn't really my great thing, but, um, you know, great thing to be alive and have crazy sensations like this. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I made the comment. This has probably been going on for about three weeks on and off. This has been the longest stretch where I've just been straight itchy and waking up, but I made the joke, like, I think maybe I'm allergic to sunlight, it seems like, now that I'm outside. So then you would go, well, that's allergies, but this is, like, deeper and untouched, and I can't quite explain the feeling, um, like... I can't, because the feeling is not like, not an itch that you can scratch, but it also isn't like a tingly itch. I can't, it is like deep under your skin and there's no way to get to it. And like with my feet and hands, when I was pregnant, it was like the loudest scratching. I think had I not interrupted my spouse's sleep, I probably would have just let it go. But he finally was like, you need to call the doctor tomorrow and see what you can take to get rid of this because we need to sleep. This baby is about to come and everybody's going to be tired before it gets here. You haven't slept in weeks. I haven't slept in weeks. We got to sleep. And that was me last night. Like, holy cow, I got to sleep. This is not because I thought for a little bit, when the air conditioner had turned on, like it, it seemed like it was just, it felt like hair constantly blowing in your face. And so I would itch on my face really bad. And so <laughs> the hair blew in my face and like itch it like crazy. And then, right, I, I, I move it out of my face or this phantom hair that I'm moving out of my face all the time. But it's, it's not that. I don't think there's even hair blowing in my face is what I established last night. So I'm about to my breaking point with this itchiness. I haven't slept in a while um, soundly like I'm used to because I am a straight out cold sleeper. Um, I don't like getting interrupted from that. Not that I am like a grumpy, I didn't get enough sleep person, but I am a in order to function, I need to get this minimum amount of sleep that I'm used to getting and I'm perfectly fine. That's it. So probably need to call a doctor. Not that I actually have one, but if I did, I would call them and I would say, hey, you know me so well. We've been around the block. You've been my provider since I was a kindergartner. What do you think's going on? Nah, but I might call my midwife. I don't know. What do you do if you don't have a doctor? I tried establishing a PCP. I really did when I was... 
This is hilarious. When I was running why you should get a primary care campaigns for the hospital that I worked for, I was I convinced myself that I should do that. <laughs> but I didn't really. So I don't know who my doctor is, but I'm going to have to call them. And I guess that's my great thing to be alive, to be itching and having ailments of the body because it tells you that you are alive. Yay. Yay. Um, so that's my great thing, even though it certainly is not a great thing. Go ahead and crown yourself in your own greatness, whatever that looks like. Even if it's, I feel my body, I feel my body not feeling me. Um, and that feels strange. And here we are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but today I really, outside of the itching and the distraction and the lack of focus, um, I just want to say that I called this a very long time ago, and I love that I could probably never find the podcast where I say it, but I'm sure that I said it multiple times, and this is what I said. Soon, you will not be able to tell what is real and what is fake. And, oh my gosh, wow, Hannah, you're such a genius. And I'm like, no, it's so much deeper than that. I mean, you know, on the surface level, you're going, because I had a problem with that with businesses sort of going to this all web model and that it would really be hard to tell the quality of a product or the size of a product or the amount of a product. Like it already is. I can't even tell you how many things I have on hand that I'm like, why did I order this? what the heck? This is not what I was expecting. And I would go, huh? Well, that's kind of just the way that it works. I mean, it may not have been what you were expecting, but it is what you got. So that's it. That's all you get. Um, and I had an issue with that early on. And then I had said, when it comes to building businesses, I think that that is going to hurt small businesses most because as we see that we cannot trust these bigger corporations for upholding product quality, we believe even less in the smaller ones because we're like, hey, if they can't even do it, why could this person, why would I trust them? Yikes, I'm scared to order offline, right? Online offline. I'm scared to order off online stores. <laughs> Maybe because I had a bad experience with even Walmart, who is a retailer that I traditionally trust. Who can I trust now? And that usually is what it comes down to. It's a trust thing. And, you know, even if we're ordering off of a, a bigger retail that is responsible for smaller retailers and we have a bad experience, something like an Etsy, it creates this distrust even more. And so eventually we'll need to create a product marketplace like the one we used to know where we could trust the people who are right in front of us. And that really is who we trusted. And because that footprint could extend wider than what's around us, it has, right? We can ship in stuff from all over the whole world. We can get anything that we want. Why would we settle for what's right in front of us? Well, maybe because that is exactly how our ecosystems and bodies used to adapt. That is 
biologically how we were put on this planet to exist, right? Like our bodies adapted to the world that was around us. Well, it doesn't have to anymore because now we can get stuff from anywhere, which is so cool. And it's also sort of led to this dangerous marketplace, right? Where we don't know what we can trust. And then we start adding on this component of AI, right? And you're all like, whoa, don't even talk to me about that. I don't know. When I talked about how when we're building businesses, it's going to be hard to tell what's real from fake. Imagine, if you will, people creating all of these fake businesses or accounts kind of copying other businesses and accounts, right? To gain following, to gain money. Gosh, I did a post the other day that was like, hey, come to our fair, blah, 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 blah. And then we get like this scheme playing out in the comments. And the final scheme was like, Janet, paid so-and-so and and so I should message her to refund like uh no I was not born yesterday and y'all can just get off of this little thing um but that really has nothing to do with this people will be able to copy everything that anyone is doing and so soon the physical marketplace will rise above the online. Again, I truly believe it. Wouldn't be building a brick and mortar if I didn't. I also believe that our local marketplaces will become more important than online. Why? Well, because online has basically built itself so big that it can't even deliver on its promises anymore. And so what you're beginning to see is that Prime used to get you two-day delivery now can't even get you two-week delivery. And as soon as those things start to fail and we start to see that retailers can't keep on their promises, we'll start looking at other options and we'll begin to see how important it is to touch, feel, and experience a product before we purchase it. And so those local retailers and small businesses will be more important than they ever have been before because AI and the ability to duplicate and implement and launch a business without even having anything behind it is going to become more real. And even though things could be cheaper, what you'll understand is that even Amazon has sort of become wish in a way or whatever that app is. (laughs) (laughs) that like has products that look so amazing and then you get it and it's like three times zoomed in the size, like it's miniature version of whatever you ordered or it's like (laughs) a lesser version of whatever, right? It's this fake AI generation. And what AI can do when it comes to copy is learn what people are responding to and build way more copy than any person could write themselves. Now, 
you may be going, oh my gosh, Hannah, that's so cool. Who cares? I really, I don't care. So what? It's a bunch of copy. Well, imagine what it could do for any retailer and you're already experiencing it, right? Every single ad it's putting in front of you, it's seeing, right? And if it's AI and it's machine learning, which the algorithm is already doing, then if a machine can also produce the copy at a rapid rate, it could test like a million more copy points. And it can start throwing you because actually marketers can carbon copy an audience, right? So if I was creating a fake company, if that was something that I was going to do and I wanted to go after the customers of Amazon and I wanted to compete with Amazon, then that is exactly what I would do. I would copy their audience, I would market to their audience, and I would see how people are responding to my copy. And I would put a AI machine. <laughs> now I sound like someone that's in, <laughs> in the Senate asking questions of Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my gosh. Um, Sorry, I would put AI on the generation of my ads from there and AI would learn to look at the copy, make adjustments according to what people are reacting to. And that would be according to the AI algorithm that is feeding back to that AI that it should change its copy and this is what it should do. And it can get so exact that you get sold on, I don't know, a pair of kitty slippers that are actually for a mouse, right? Um, this is this is what's going to happen. And I said it a long time ago. And that was before even AI was coming into the picture. That was just talking about algorithms and the way that things can feed to an audience and they don't have to, this is what's scary, they don't actually have to have a product that works, they have to have words that work. And now that you put AI into people's hands, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Have you ever been sold on like a, mm, I don't know, course or online anything? That's all they were good at words. And the more money that they made, the better they got at words. And now it's not even going to be a test market theory. You're going to be able to test so rapidly these companies. And if it was just companies, wouldn't that be great? But it's also politicians and yeah, anyone who have access to all of this. And the more money they get, the more exact they can get. And they'll be able to test anything that's hitting <laughs> like faster than you can even scroll past it. Boom, you scroll past something, boom, they're going to come back. They're going to keep putting it in front of you. And the more that you're on socials, the more that they're going to be trying to play. And I know I hit this a lot and I <laughs> tend to get a little bit insane about this, but if you have been on the back end and you understand psychographics and 
statistics and the way that all of those things play into your reaction, then once you add in AI, like it's done. You aren't going to know that you've been played until your box shows up. And the crazier thing about that is like, if you are getting played by an overseas company, good luck returning it. Right? So you bought the cheap thing. Woohoo! You got such a good deal. Oh, darn it. You got it. It's cheap. It's crap. It doesn't work. Oh, it's $200 to return it? Oh, well, good thing I saved my money. <laughs> and the crazier thing is you won't even know until you get it and try to return it. Yeah. Happening more and more and more. And I think that it's really too bad because it is discrediting a lot of people who are actually working really hard, but it's hard to know unless you know the person, unless you know your grower. You don't know. You're just guessing. And hopefully you get it right. And hopefully it doesn't cost you way more than expected. Who knows? Who knows? And that's just the beginning. AI is only just getting into the hands of other people, of the public, but we already saw what AI can do. And because AI can operate off of algorithms and the algorithms can tell them so much, they can just produce a crap ton of content that works every time. And if it doesn't, they can fix it faster than any human ever could. Yeah. So I believe very firmly that the local marketplace is going to become the essential way of fighting this. And if we don't start to look at saving our local ecosystems and building them so that we could survive if we were right here, then we're in trouble. Because at least when we're right here, we can take care of each other and potentially even look at a trade marketplace versus monetary marketplace, right? Like, hey, I want to take my kids for ice cream this week, but I don't have any money. Hey, can I provide you um, a couple weeks of this or that? in exchange for ice cream today. Yeah, that would work, right? Like we're trading goats for rice at this point. And 
there may come a day where that's really important. <laughs> and so we have to position ourselves to do that, to provide that potential, to create that marketplace and the understanding of who can do what in that field. Period. And that is very important. And it will become even more important as AI creates a marketplace that is dangerous to navigate. Because you won't know if you're buying from China or Japan or overseas. You just won't know until you get it and it's too late. And all of a sudden you're standing there in your cat slippers that were made for a mouse. And you're going, man, I really wish that stores existed so that I could touch, feel, and experience a product again. And I really wish that I didn't have to drive five hours to do that. And I really wish that I didn't have to wait three weeks for a package to get here to get something. Because I'm not great at planning. And it would be really great if there was something right here that I could actually order from and trust. And that's where I believe this movement, this local movement is really going to become key as AI continues advancing. <laughs> All right, there you have it. You heard it again. Just so y'all keep track of what I'm calling to happen. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world, changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannahness.channel on all socials. Help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hannahness.channel as well. Change the world.